Welcome to the Eight Facets of Life podcast with Chris Conley and Debbie Ellis. On this podcast, we will examine the components that make up our lives and discuss how we can make improvements. God wants us to perform at our best in all aspects of life, but why don't we? We will talk about this and much more in an effort to discover our very best us in every part of our lives. This podcast is brought to you by Darren Olson with Edward Jones in Bell Fountain. I'm Chris Conley. I'm with Debbie Ellis today. We're hosting the podcast, The Eight Facets of Life. We'll be examining the components that make up our lives and discuss how we can make improvements. We all want to perform at our best in all aspects of life. God expects that of us. Thinking of the parable of talents and how that relates, that story's told in, in two places, Matthew 25, 1 through 13, and also Luke 19, 12 through 27. You know, the story goes that the master was leaving and he gave five talents to one, two to another, and one to the third. And the one that had the five talents multiplied and, be- and had ten. The one that had two multiplied and had four, where the third person buried his in the ground and, and had nothing. And I think that's the story of our life. We're all given different talents and different abilities, and it's up to us and how we can make the most of what God's given us. The podcast is brought to you by Darren Olson and Edward Jones in Bell Fountain, Ohio. Hi, Chris. It's so nice to see you in person. I guess my formal or informal introduction to you was through the newspaper, and you have been writing some editorials which I have enjoyed. I remember reading the first one months ago. And as I read it, I nodded my head and I thought, this man is a believer. He's a person that cares about others, obviously his family as well. And it's so nice when you read words that you've shared and it makes me realize I'm not alone. And I have just always looked forward to reading new editorials that you put in the newspaper. So today to be with you here at Shine FM is such a, a refreshing moment. So thank you for letting me be here and we can interact together yeah, and thank sharing you, more. You know, I've always enjoyed quotes as well. And one that comes to mind that I think sets the theme for this is none of us are as good as all of us. I really believe we can learn from everyone right. and we have to be willing to accept that. There's an author that, that I've read a couple of his books. One's The Happiness Advantage and the other's Before Happiness. His name's Sean Aker. And he discusses his field as positive psychology. He claims that with Standard psychology, you go to the psychiatrist, you have a problem, they come to the realization that you have 10 underlying problems. And so they treat those underlying problems to get you back to normal. Um, Whereas with positive psychology, they they look at people that are performing at the highest, Olympic athletes, uh, people that have overcome great obstacles. And so they try to take what, what those people have done and share that with the mass majority, thus bringing the whole average higher. So that takes me to what I've tried to do with this eight facets of life is to try to take the best of the best that I've learned and also keep my ears open to anyone else and then share that with everyone else. Can you relate? Yes. And you know, when you were talking about quotes and the word aphorism comes to mind because it is taking the finest thoughts and putting them in the least amount of words. And so quotes and obviously the scriptures are like our number one go-to place. But all of those things precipitate our thoughts and what we're going to do. And I think that leads into your personal development Mm -hmm. as well and just making the most of what God has given us and sharing with others. You know, there's one other story I want to share to kind of set the tone for this. 
in my days of working at Christmas time, suppliers would give us candy, nut tins, planners, and calendars. And I always enjoyed that time of year because when they'd give a planner, I always vowed this is going to be the year I get even more organized. And some planners had that glossy look to it with a motivational quote. Some had the leather simulated feel. But what was most important, just like with ourselves, is what's on the inside. And the insides were typically normal. You have contact information followed by the months with some quotes. It would have area codes, zip codes, pages for notes. But this one planner one year had a whole page of goals. Now, goals in themselves weren't new to me because I always had career goals. I had to take that serious if I ever wanted to get a pay raise or get promoted. And then in addition, I always thought of having health goals and finance goals if I was going to retire when I wanted to. You know, and the thing about both health and finance is they're easy to track. They're numbers. Uh, but this planner suggested having goals and faith and relationships and family. And I never really gave much thought to having a goal in those areas. Well, I was just thinking when you mentioned the word retire, because I'm retired as well, and goals, is that really sometimes we forget that no matter how many years are behind our name, that there's so much to learn and there's so much... When I retired, for example, there was a quote that I put on my refrigerator, and that's where I put quotes for the Mm day. Um, One of the mantras I have up right now is, make today so awesome, yesterday gets jealous. Mm -hmm. But when I retired, thank you. Um, It's a good one to remember. But when I retired, the one that I popped up on the refrigerator was, you're never too old to begin again, to learn something each day, and to create yourself a happy ending. And I've been thinking about that lately because on our to-do list, sometimes we forget to put you on it, to put us, to put a happiness for us, because Mm -hmm. then the next question is, how can we make somebody else's day happy too? Mm -hmm. So with that, we're going to get started with the eight facets of life, the first one being personal development. And I remember my planner actually labeled this education, but I, I didn't like that because to me that sounded too formal, like I took a class, I got a diploma, that type of thing. I like more of the thought, as you alluded to already, lifelong learning. You know, that's personal development. Even though we're both retired, we're still reading. We're still trying to become better, you know. I recall John Wooden, as a basketball coach, uh, made a comment, it's what you learn after you know it all that counts. And I can really relate to that. So in my design of the eight facets, an octagon naturally comes to mind because it's eight-sided shape. And I put personal development at the top because – Not to say it's the most important, but I do think it has the biggest ripple effect on the others. And as an example, if I read a book on how to be a better leader, it's going to help my personal development, but it should also have a ripple effect into my career or even my family life. So another story that I wanted to share that I think will help set the tone is to think that if we've flown before, most of us have, and when the flight attendant comes on and says, Uh, In the event we lose cabin pressure, a mask is going to drop from the ceiling. Make sure you take the time to secure yours before helping others. And I heard someone talk one time about, suppose you're traveling with a child or or a grandchild, your own child. Your initial thought might be the first thing you're going to do is help them. But I could only imagine in that commotion that if we were to uh, lose consciousness trying to help them, then we're not around to do any good for anyone else. So from that regard, I really think it makes sense that we have to be at our best in order before we can help those we love. I, I agree with that, Chris. And one thing I think that's important is sometimes we say, oh, we don't have time. 
We don't have time to do this or that. But for learning and for education, there's creative ways to do it. I know in my case, I like to run. I just do that every day. And so with that, I incorporate podcasts. And I think I mentioned to you earlier, I was listening to the one called um, Work Life by Adam Grant. I don't even work, but I just enjoyed all of them. It was so interesting because it's things that you can apply, you know, to people and to lives. And so I think another idea that piggybacks off what you said is that we should never stop playing. And there was a quote by Bernard, George Bernard Shaw, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Mm. And I think that's all part of personal development too. It's not just your brain. It should be your soul, obviously your soul and your faith and also your body. It all Mm -hmm. kind of ties in together. You know, you talked about, even though you're retired, you're listening to these Mm -hmm. podcasts, I'm the same way, and my favorite's Dan Miller. Uh, and I'll mention this again when we talk about career, because he's a career coach. Even though I'm not working, I listen to him religiously weekly because he's got so many ideas along the same line. I think one of the best personal development stories I can share personally is that in my early work career, I was working as a scheduler in a factory. And as I looked at the job and the way I was trained, I had so, so much paperwork to, to go through. And I came up with a suggestion that we could eliminate 80% of that and I could do my job much more efficient if I could get this put together in a different format. So I met with a computer programmer and over a period of months, because we had to continue doing our normal job, we made the edits. And when I was done, I took a job that I was spending 60 hours a week and and got it down to 20. Hmm. And on top of that, I had reduced the paperwork immensely. So it was a major cost savings to the company and it increased my efficiency and the plant's efficiency. So fast forward a few years and I, I go to work at Honda and I came across kind of the same thought process with my work. The problem I came up with, though, when I approached our IT department was they said, we are not staffed to do what you need. You take a class and do it on your own. And the class at that time was Lotus 123, so it's an Excel spreadsheet today. But I can recall I didn't want to go through with that process, and I instead was complaining that I'm already working too many hours. And, and a coworker overheard me at a lunch conversation, and he made the comment, you know, the company could be gone tomorrow, but what you learn while you're here can never be taken away. And that was a major ouch moment for me. When you're talking about being more efficient and looking at ways, it just makes me think of like you really can't start the next chapter or the next part of your life if you just keep rereading the last one Mm -hmm. and so you went forward you looked at different ways to be more efficient and organized and then you applied it to your life and i know it impacted your work life but it also probably you you received fulfillment sure from doing that as well right and to take that a little bit further with I was able to take that and, and not only make my job more efficient and be able to work with other people to help them make their job more efficient, but I, I uh, worked with my kids on, on something as trivial as a ball card collection, you know, and what, so they could keep track of their ball cards and what their values were. I had a golf league secretary job that I overtook, and I was able to take a pencil and paper calculator job and turn it into this spreadsheet, and it made things so much more efficient. I can recall at the same time, my boss took the class the same time I did, and he came back to me about a year later, and he said, did you ever do anything with that? And I told him, I said, everything that I turn into you, I learned from that class. And so I gave him a refresher course, and he had a new 
skill. And that just goes to show you that just because you learn something, it's not going to stick if you don't apply it, you know, to what you need to do. And, And there was a difference where he didn't have a need at the time but he did later, and I was able to refresh him without having to take the class again. And it just shows that how your acts reverberate into the people around you, into the community, into all facets of exactly, life. Exactly, yeah. I, I kind of took pride in my work years when people said, oh, that guy will never do anything on the computer because he's just old and he's <laughs> set in his ways. And a lot of times I can remember sitting down with a person like that and finding something that they really had the need, you know, because he was an older guy, he had the opportunity or, or the desire to understand how his 401k was working. So I just took something and, and put it in a spreadsheet. And I showed him how fast you could, you know, calculate those numbers. And so right away, he was excited about the power of Excel. And he found ways that he could use it in his work. And even though it's more of a spreadsheet for number crunching, he had a job where he was writing down people's names And they were temporaries, and so there was a lot of turnover. Every Monday, he would create the same list. And I showed him how he could put that in in that format. And he would only have to edit the six or eight names that change instead of all 30. So that right away, it took a 30-minute job and turned it into two. So basically, when they think you're old because of technology and not being savvy, it's, I'm not really old. I've just been young for a very long time, right? Right. But but that just goes to show we need to be open to what's out there. Mm -hmm. Another thing I recall is um, Zig Ziglar. I don't know if you've heard of him or not, but he's passed away now. But he was a a good Christian and uh, a motivational speaker. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And a lot of people don't like that term motivational speaker because it's like I can't re-motivate myself all the time. But Zig had a great comeback. He said, you know, bathing's required daily and it's just like motivation. And I thought that was good. But one thing I recall Zig making the comment on was he called uh, Automobile University. And basically what he was saying was, you don't just sit there to get there, take advantage of your drive time, you know, and in that day, that meant listening to CDs. Nowadays, it's podcast. But um, I took advantage of that probably in my last 10 years of life that I had a 30, 35 minute commute each way. So I was an hour a day plus, I was listening to inspirational, motivational material that I felt made me better and I was able to share with others. There's another quote that I can think of, and this came from Jim Rohn. And again, he's passed away, but there's so much I've learned from him. And it was work harder on yourself than you do on your job. And he wasn't saying don't work hard on your job. He was saying give it 100%, but he was especially looking at discretionary time. And we all have time away from work. It's just the key is then, what do we do with that time? Mm -hmm. And I remember him telling a story where the average person at that time watched about 30 hours of TV a week. And he said that that person's boss only worked about or watched about 10 hours of TV, where that person's boss watched about five. So you can see the correlation Mm -hmm. that it's what we do with our discretionary time and how we use that. We all have 24 hours in a day, right? and we are, all, we are all busy to a certain extent. It's how we fill them. For example, you mentioned TV. I don't even watch TV. I right. never have. Okay. But then maybe I do something else that is rewarding to me that another person does. So we can't really judge exactly. how the time is used, but what we can try to do is make it helpful to others, that we can reach out and help those around us. So, right. Well, and I think... There's so much that takes away from our time. Like you said, it's not just TV, but 
how many people troll the internet. You know, they're not getting any good out of it, but it's just, it's a habit that I've got into mm-hmm. playing games. You know, I know a lot of younger kids like video games and, and it can, it can go on and on and on. Well, you even think in the morning, what's the first thing you do? You hop out of bed, you scroll through your text, your emails, perhaps you listen to the news or you think, okay, how am I going to change my day so I can fit everything into it? So we really have become a very hurried lifestyle. Right. You are listening to the Eight Facets of Life podcast. Stay tuned for more after this message from our sponsor. With all the headlines, are you wondering if your retirement savings will last? The market's ups and downs can keep you guessing, especially if you're approaching retirement or considering it. Your Edward Jones advisor, Daryl Olson, can help. If you have more questions than answers about what's next, you can work together to help ensure you're prepared for your journey. After all, retirement isn't the end of the trek, it's a new beginning. Stop by the office at 125 South Main Street in Bell Fountain. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Now, back to the Eight Facets of Life podcast with Chris Conley and Debbie Ellis. You know, another thing with personal development, actually, is reading books. And so many people, I've heard people say that I read my last book in college. I'm, I'm, not, I'm done, you know. But it's like, how are we ever going to learn anything new if we're not reading books or listening to podcasts, CDs, you know, around right. inspirational people? Mm-hmm. And the, the big thing about reading books is you don't just read it to get done. You read it to get something out of it. When I got in this practice, I, I remember hearing a guy talk about you have to own the book first. You can't buy it to the library to do this. But you underline or you highlight the key points. And, and I've made a religious habit of doing this. So when I go back to my personal library, I know it's in that book. I just don't know where. I don't have to reread it. I can just look at the highlights, and in 20 minutes, I'll find it. You know what? That makes me chuckle to myself because I remember as a little girl growing up, we had the Bible, and it was like, you do not write right. in the Bible. Yeah. You do not deface it in any way. And then I was at church later on, and I saw an older lady, sing, and she had written in her Bible. I thought, oh, my golly, she's going to go yeah. to hell. Yeah. But then I realized as I've gotten older, just like you said with books, I highlight, right. I write down my anchor verses, right. you know, and make comments. So I, I think you're right. It's not just reading a book. It's engaging in that book. Right. It's putting something into it that's important to you as well. Mm-hmm. And along the lines of the Bible, I have a similar story with my mom. We had a, a big Bible on our coffee table, mm-hmm. and it basically didn't get opened. It was just there, and it was dusted. But I met a preacher early on in life, and, and his Bible was so worn, and he had so many notes in it. And I thought, that's what God would want from us, you know, is we have to, it's a tool, you know, it's to make us better. And so I've got several Bibles and they all have highlights and notes and, and different things along that line. And that's such a very important part of personal development. Right. Our spiritual, what's inside of us, our soul. Right, right. Because that's going to come out in, in, in every other aspect of our life. Absolutely. For sure. I think we always have to be learning, take notes. I've always said when I would go to a seminar, you know, I'd, I'd want to sit in the front row. You know, there's a joke about church, you know, you got to get there early if you want the back seat. <laughs> but honestly, I, I find myself wanting to be in the front. And I saw a, a tape of a seminar I was at recently, and there I was in the front row. And I was all by myself because everyone else at the back. But I want to be engaged with the person doing the speaking mm-hmm. and you know, sometimes we can say, I didn't get anything out of that today, whether it's a sermon or a business transaction or whatever. But the question I ask myself, what did I put into it? Right. 
Another tip I recall is invest in yourself. It's not how much does it cost, but rather what's the worth. Because a lot of times we'll say, man, I can't, I can't imagine spending $25 on a book. You know, but if it's a book that you really need or something that someone's recommended to you, it's what what can I going to get out of that? It's not the $25, the initial cost. And another thing that I've done, because I'm about as frugal as anyone, is I found a couple good used bookstores, and I've got some great books that were $25 books, and I've picked them up for 3 or $4. I, I recall listening to a CD on, um, it was Warren Buffett was speaking, and he said, um, Ben Franklin had a suggestion that many people have used, but ben Warren was the one speaking about it at the time. And he said, think of a person that you really admire, and then take a whole page and just write down everything about that person that you admire. And all the attributes, you know, and any, anything, why do they make you feel that way? And then he said, turn the page over and think of a person that you really don't care for, and then write down those same kind of attributes. And then you want to emulate everything on the person you admire and make sure you're not the, the things on the other person. How many times when you maybe write down things that you like or you're, you love, you forget to put yourself down? And that's an important person. Yeah. You know, we might write down famous people or inventors or mm-hmm. movie stars, but who do you love? Who do you like? It should be yourself. Sure. And, and that is very important. Another thing, Benjamin Franklin, I just was listening to a podcast. I thought this was interesting. It was talking about creativity and originality. He never, ever had a patent on anything he did. Right. He would reach out and try to share with others because taking his idea, you know, they'd even have those kind of back then it wasn't called a think tank, but they, right. the academia people would get together. And he wanted others to take what he's invented and make it better and mm-hmm. to help, you know, the world, basically. Yeah. I think that's interesting. It is. And I've heard him, I've heard it said that he could have been a much richer man. Sure. But the, the country thrived because of people like him. Right, right. There was a story of a mountain climber that I recalled. This man was, was climbing a mountain. And he was overtaken by a surprise snowstorm. He realized he had to retreat back to base camp. On his way back, he literally tripped over another man. And he had to decide, am I going to save myself or am I going to save this man? And he reached down and, and started to talk to the man. And the man was alive. And he started massaging his hands and his limbs, you know, so that the blood would circulate. And his heightened sense of urgency made his own blood pump, you know, more. And he finally got the man up on his feet, and together they made the trip and got back to camp. Doctors later told the man that you, by helping another, you really saved yourself because all the work you did on him made the same thing happen in your own blood. And, and to me, that's a great story. And when we help others, ultimately we're helping ourselves as well. So if you circle back, Chris, looking at personal development, how would you sum this up and what kind of tips would you give to people? I think it's that we're always looking for what else is out there. You know, we're not a 10. If we're, if we're going to say we're on a scale 1 to 10, where am I at? I don't think anyone's ever at a 10 because there's always something we can learn from everyone. So it's a matter of waking up every day with a desire, you know, just asking yourself, what, I, what can I learn today? What can I get from today? And I guess if you were going to say a 10, to me, Jesus Christ would be that 10. Exactly. And we have the scriptures. We have fellowship of other Christians, and if we can look towards that 10, 
maybe that also moves that gauge in our personal development. We'll never right. be there, right. but it sure gives us something to look forward to. Right. Typically, when we think about comparing ourselves, mm -hmm. the human nature is we want to compare ourselves with someone that's less win. than us so that we that look game. good, okay. and we never will. No, so, no. Yep. You know, there's a, a quote from an unknown monk that really I'd, I'd just like to share with you. It says, when I was young, I wanted to change the world. When I saw I couldn't change the world, I tried to change my country. When I saw I couldn't change my country, I tried to change my town. When I saw I couldn't change my town, I tried to change my family. When I saw I couldn't, I realized if I'd have changed myself, I'd have influenced my family. They would have influenced our town, and our town would have influenced our country, and our country would have influenced the world. Amen. That's true. <laughs> so today we've been talking about personal development. And again, that's just one of the eight. The next episode, we're going to talk about family. But before we're done, we're going to have talked about relationships and health and career and finance and joy or fun and faith. You know, I can think of a, a Bible verse that goes something like, stand guard at the door of your mind. We have to really be careful what's going into our mind because that, that festers into our heart and it becomes what we're all about. Right. You know, we talked earlier about too much TV or too much Facebook or too much video games. There's a happy medium, not to say that any of those things are bad, but it's just that we have to really be careful what's going into our mind. We can't unsee something that we've been exposed to. To me, that's all about personal development, and, and that's going to conclude today's episode. And just a reminder that this is, podcast has been The Eight Facets of Life with Chris Conley and Debbie Ellis. Thanks to everybody, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the 8 Facets of Life podcast. If you have questions or comments about what you heard today, please visit our website at the number 8facetsoflife.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.